People love to discuss and debate about the greatest of all time in all kinds of different categories. In this series called The Greatest, we're talking about Jesus as the greatest man to walk the earth, his greatest commandment to us, and what living your life that way looks like. We hope you enjoy this series from Apex students called The Greatest, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus. Have you ever been completely confused or amazed by how something works? Let me know. Let me let you know what I mean. I'm thinking of something like a 3D printer. Like that is something that no one could have imagined until it was invented. Like the one person who could imagine it was the one who's like, "We can do this." So, like, we got people that can print out an organ that a doctor can then do surgery on. What? That's insane to me that they can just print out organs. Um, you might be thinking of something like the solar eclipse last year, right? There was a ton of hype behind that thing. And um, I didn't even go a little bit blind, just saying. Um, but the solar eclipse had all this hype behind it. And maybe you were like, but how cool could it really be? It's just a bunch of stuff moving around in the sky. And then you saw it and you were like, this is the most incredible thing that ever happened. And I'm the smallest thing in the entire universe because <laughs> that's kind of what I thought when I saw this stuff happening. Um, for me, something that like is just really amazing and blows my mind, shrouded in mystery, it's magic tricks. And it's just mostly frustration for me because like I know that I'm being played. The whole time like a magician's up there, he's like, <sighs> like blowing on stuff and saying magic words. And like, I know that you just did something, but I don't know what it was. But there was something sneaky you did, and it makes me very upset. Um, so maybe you know. There's just something about stuff like that that's, that just makes it feel all magical and, and mysterious and mystical. And you may have seen this next part coming, but maybe some of you have felt that way about God. That you've looked at God in this, like, this shroud of mystery that you don't really quite get it. You don't understand it. And uh, a, a lot of us in this room have felt that way. So I want you to know that. Some of you have felt that God, um, you've seen the way God works. You've seen things that happen in this world and you're saying, I just, I don't get it. Bad things happen. What about this good God that supposedly is in the sky caring for his people? Um, or maybe God comes off to you like some big invisible magic trick. And what's worse is that some people seem to know what's going on, right? Some people come to church and they're like cool with it. They're like, like there isn't some crazy, they're the magician. <laughs> they get why God does what he does. There's not this huge mystery. And it's so frustrating when you don't have that insight that they seem to carry around. Because, you know, some of us understand a little more than others. You just feel like an outsider because you don't have that insight about God. You just don't get it. And there are all kinds of things that can make us confused about God. For one, maybe you just don't know anything about God. You just don't know what we're talking about. You hear stuff about God, what God is like in church and from other people, but you don't have anything that resembles personal experience with this God. All you know about him is stuff that you may have heard preached or stories that people have told you. Or maybe you just aren't feeling it. You don't feel anything from God. You know, you go to church, you read your Bible, but your emotions aren't there. You hear other people talk about God or you see them in worship services and they're like crying. You could tell they're like all emotional about it. And you're like, what is up with that? Why don't I have that? I don't understand. God to you may feel distant or, or uh, cerebral. Those emotions aren't there for you and you don't quite understand why. Or maybe you have seen how messed up churches are or church people are and you've seen that kind of stuff go down and you're just not having it maybe someone hurt you 
in the church. Um, somebody said something or took a position on something that really bothered you or really hurt you. Um, and if these are the people that are supposed to represent God, maybe you aren't really interested in getting to know that God. Or you just had like a hard time wanting to know more about God if this is God is represented by these people. It doesn't quite add up. It doesn't make me want to learn anything about God. And if you're feeling any of these things, I got some really good news for you. You are not alone. People have always had a hard time understanding what God is like. From the beginning of time, people have had a hard time understanding what God is like. We have writings that record history for just thousands and thousands of years ago, before Jesus came to earth. And we know that our God was constantly trying to show the world who he was. So he would speak to people uh, called prophets, and he would communicate to them things that he wanted his chosen people to know. He would communicate to them to speak to his people. He would speak to people um, called priests to communicate what he cared about when it came to worship and commandments. And he would communicate to his kings when it came to things about how his kingdom should be run um, and how they should be different from other kingdoms around them. He spoke through these different people, all these different people. God has always been trying to let the world know what he was like. So people have always had a hard time understanding what God is like, but God has always been trying to let the world know what he's like. But you can imagine what happened as he tried to do that, because um, it's the same thing that happened today. Sometimes the people that represent God mess it up. They don't always do a great job representing him. Sure, most people are doing the best that they can, uh, but sometimes people let their, uh, their own insights, their own concepts, their own agenda get in the way of God's. They put their own interests above God's, and they let their, their selfishness and their pride or their misunderstandings about God shape how, people how they describe God to people and how they represent him to people. So people don't always get the clearest picture about what God is like because people mess up. So then Jesus shows up, and he told people that he was God's son. Now, this is a big deal, um, and it was a little confusing because he was different than all of these prophets and priests and kings and people that represented God before. It was very, very different, um, and he got a lot of attention for it, too. So huge crowds of people are following this, this Jesus guy, and a group in, of men and women were like, following him very closely. Wherever he went, town to town, he, they were with him, and there was a group of 12 men that followed extremely closely, and they became known as Jesus' 12 disciples. Those are the people that followed him the closest. All of these people, they knew there was something special about this Jesus guy who claimed to be the Son of God. They knew there was something about him. But it doesn't mean that they had all the answers. They certainly did not have all the answers. They still, they didn't completely understand God. They didn't completely understand Jesus. And sometimes following Jesus made things a little more clear about who God was. And sometimes following Jesus, um, namely when he answered questions, made things a little more confusing. When following Jesus, it made things a little more confusing about God. Speaking of confusion, that brings us to the, the one particular event we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, there was a man named John, and he recorded the life of Jesus, and he wrote about all the, his experiences and all the stuff that he could gather. Uh, so he, tells, he, he writes about this event where Jesus and his 12 disciples were in uh, a room in the upstairs of this house in Jerusalem. And it was a holiday for their people group, so they were having a party. They were eating together this big meal to celebrate the feast of the Passover. So it was a party, but Jesus, like... I'd imagine Jesus was a weird fella, like, because he did some weird stuff. So in this situation, this is, this is the guy that these people have been following around for three years. And Jesus at this party, he wasn't really acting like a leader. 
He was acting like a servant. Uh, and so he took the people he was following and he washed their feet for them. Super weird. Not a normal thing to do with your friend at a party, right? <laughs> Just start washing people's feet. Very, very strange. Um, so he started to talk about the future, which also strange. Uh, he talked about how one of his friends there, one of that group of 12, was eventually going to betray him and turn him over to the authorities that were trying to get him killed. Peter, one of his closest disciples, one of his closest friends, said, he said, I would never do anything like that. And instead of Jesus saying, well, I'm glad to hear that, Peter, thank you. Jesus said, well, maybe not that, but uh, before tomorrow morning, you're going to deny you were even friends with me three times. Boom, roasted, Peter. So another one of these disciples, his name is Philip, and he's really where we're going to hone in tonight. Philip asks Jesus what everyone is thinking at this party, I'd imagine. Um, in John 14, 8 through 9, it says this. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And we will be satisfied. Philip says, show us God, show us the Father. We want to know more, we want to understand more. And Jesus replied, hello? (laughs) Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time? Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I imagine like some of the the best vines are just people yelling at their friends. I'm imagining like Jesus like, Philip. Like, right? So he's like, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Adam, so, so Jesus is like, Philip, dude, we've, we've been like t- so long. We've been together. Why, how can you still ask me these things? So more than anything, the disciples wanted clarity. They were like, all right, you're acting weird. We sense something's going on. So we're going to just lay it out here. What is God like? This is what it's all been about. So what is God like? Give it to us straight. What is God really like? And Jesus's answer It was simple from where we're standing, but really he was answering thousands of years of questions and wondering and confusion and misunderstanding. Thousands of people asking this question, what is God like? Jesus answered the basic question, what is God like? And Jesus said, you're looking at him. He said, you're looking at him. If you want to know God, look at me. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. So what had the disciples seen? Jesus do in the past three years that they've been following. Well, they saw Jesus feed a group of hungry people with uh, just a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish that he stole off a little boy. And um, he took that bread and fish and fed literally thousands of hungry people, including the young boy. Don't worry, he's still got, he's still got some food. They saw literally dead people literally come back to life. People in the tomb, like wrapped up. People were crying about him already. And Jesus stepped in and was able to breathe life back into someone who had died. Crazy stuff. They saw Jesus stand up to power-abusing leadership. Um, He was fearlessly confronting the arrogant, proud, and money-hungry people who were leading their religion at the time. And their misconceptions about God kept people from knowing him. And Jesus said, I'm not having it. And Jesus stood up to those people. They had heard Jesus talk about a future that was better than their present. He talked about a kingdom, but it looked nothing like the Roman Empire. He was talking about a kingdom that was governed with peace and service and grace and love. They had seen Jesus get close to sick people and like touch unclean people, messed up stuff he wasn't supposed to do. He, was, he approached the sick and the crippled and the outcast. He would often heal these people, but even more than that, he dealt with them with dignity 
and he treated them like human beings. And that was radical for Jesus to do. He removed obstacles that kept those people from getting close to God. Following Jesus, the disciples saw some really, really incredible things. And Jesus is saying to them here, you're not just seeing me through this. You're not just seeing me. You are seeing the Father. You're seeing God. This is what God is like. I'm not different. This is what God is like. And that's the best thing they could have heard in that moment because of their experiences, because of what they've seen Jesus do. Now, does this mean that there was no more confusion about God ever again? Of course not, right? There's still a lot of mystery surrounding our God. And the disciples didn't fully understand God. You and I don't fully understand God. But that's part of, like, God's bit. (laughs) That's, like, part of the thing that makes God worthy of worship. Because if I could fully understand God, why bother? He's not worthy of worship. If I can fully understand him, why am I in awe of something that I completely understand. That's not how it works. We wor- part of what God, what makes God worth worshiping is that he is beyond our understanding, outside of what we can comprehend. That's just what God does. And uh, it's what Jesus did. He, he behaved in a way that was outside of understanding. And uh, Jesus was in front of these disciples. And by having Jesus in front of them, there was some clarity to what God was like. It wasn't completely uh, solving the mystery of God, but to some degree they understood God better because of the time they spent with Jesus. And even though they didn't know everything about God, they knew enough to know that he was worth following. They didn't know everything about him, but they knew enough to know he was a guy, a God worth following. He was worth sticking around for. He was worth following. He was worth trying to figure out. And eventually he was worth dying for as these disciples soon found out. So just a few days later, after Jesus had been betrayed, just as he predicted, he had been denied, just as he had predicted, um, he had been killed, crucified on a cross, and then put in a tomb, just as he predicted. Just a couple days after this happened, the people who knew him best did not skip town. Interesting um, idea here that they didn't leave. They stayed in Jerusalem. It would have been just so much easier and way safer to leave, right? Because this was a time where, like, nowadays, you know, if you're, like, accused of a crime, you get your punishment, but, like, there's no, like, power struggle typically. But, like, in this situation, these people were threatened by Jesus, and they're like, this guy's going to take over. So what you would do is kill the guy and everyone around him. That's what you would do. you just wipe out the threat. That's what the Roman Empire would have done, just wipe out the threat. And so these disciples are faced with this decision. Um, he said he was coming back. But do I really believe it? Because the guy who said he was the son of God just died in front of my eyes. So maybe it'd be easier to, sit, to take off. It certainly would have been easier and safer to leave at that point. But I wonder if Jesus' words from just a few nights ago were ringing in Philip's ears, ringing in the disciples' ears. If you want to know what God is like, look at me. If you could put a little music on there. This is the bottom line, the most important idea tonight. If you want to know God... Get to know Jesus. If you want to know God, if you want to know what he's like, what he's about, what he cares for, look at what Jesus is like, what Jesus is about, what Jesus cares for. The disciples' time that they spent with Jesus had helped them to understand God better. Sure, all kinds of mystery left with understanding God. But what they knew um, made the idea of leaving seem crazier than staying. It was a crazy idea to stay in that town and very easily could have meant death for all of them. But it meant to them that 
even the craziness of that idea was nothing compared to seeing the Son of God walking around with him for three years, seeing him do amazing things, and then skipping town. That just seemed absurd, even more crazy than endangering their life to stay with him. When you hear stories like this from Jesus' life, I hope it encourages you. uh, Because if the people who had spent three years with Jesus, day in and day out, three years with Jesus, still felt confusion about God, then we can feel okay with the fact that we don't completely get him either, right? If the people who spent three years with Jesus still felt confusion about God, then we can feel okay with the fact that we don't completely get him either. I want you to get some hope from what Jesus told Philip. I I hope this is comforting to you because it is to me. When we feel uncertain or unemotional or confused about God because of our own experiences or what we've seen in other people, remember what Jesus told Philip right before he died. If you want to know God, look at Jesus. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus. I love that Jesus didn't say to Philip, Philip, if you don't get it by now, you never will. He didn't say, uh, I'm really getting tired of explaining things to you people, which he could have. (laughs) Philip didn't say, maybe you're not cut out for this after all. He didn't say, Philip, you're a real dummy. He said, Philip, there are all kinds of people that are trying to represent me. They're trying to explain the things that I'm for and I'm against and things I care about. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. So if you really want to know the truth about God, look at me. Look at my life, the things I cared about, the things I did before your very eyes. Look at that stuff and you'll see the Father. Pay attention to me. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus. And that was enough for Philip. He did stick around. Um, He saw Jesus come back from the dead. He was a part of that experience. Uh, And then Philip left on a mission to tell the world the news about this incredible Savior. This Savior that defeated death, that loved and cared for every single person. He got to tell this message. And uh, Philip told people that God sent his own son to clarify some things about himself. And because of that message, the world was never the same. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for me? When I feel a little bit like Philip, uh, because I I sense some mystery around God and I'm confused, I don't quite understand what God is like, there are three things we can do in response. First, continue to think. Think about it. Jesus is not asking you to stop using your brain and follow him blindly. Important. He's not asking you to shut that off. He wants you to pay attention to what he's like. And when you notice people that are repping Jesus well, you can know that you're getting a glimpse at what the Father is like. You can get a glimpse of what Jesus is like and know what God is like. And when you see other people that claim to know Jesus, claim to love Jesus, but they're behaving nothing like Jesus, one, don't let it ruin your view of God because it's not like Jesus. And two, you're not perfect either. So have a little grace for those people. The second thing we can do, first we can think. The second is we can move. We need to make a decision to follow Jesus one step at a time. Those men followed Jesus around for three straight years, day in and day out. Those were the people that were around Jesus. He often like, was like crowded, needed to get away because these people were so close all the time. They knew Jesus and it was by following him that they got to know him. So just like Philip was committed to following Jesus and then sharing his message, We need to follow in Jesus' footsteps, live and love like he did. And when we do that, Jesus becomes more and more real to us. We understand him better. We get to know God better.
The third thing we can do is experience. Our experience with Jesus uh, will not only draw us closer to him, but it will also draw other people closer to him um, as they see him in us. So when we experience Jesus, we're a living testimony. We're a living representation of what Jesus is like and what God is like. So to the people who are trying to figure out who God is and what he's like, what he cares about, they can look to us as a living testimony of who God is. The question is, what if someone saw my relationship with God and was inspired to have their own relationship with God because of it? Are you living a life that you can say yes to that question? Or that you could, uh, you could say that that's a possibility in your life. Are you living a life? What if someone saw my relationship with God and was inspired to have their own relationship with God because of it? Ultimately, there will always be some mystery around God. There will always be some questions, things we don't quite understand. And that's okay. Him being bigger than our understanding is part of what makes him worthy of worship. But not every part of God has to be mysterious. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus. So the more you know Jesus, the more you will get to know God. And even though we don't know everything about God, we can know enough to make a decision to follow him. Because of what we know to be true about Jesus, we can know enough to follow him, to to know that it's worthwhile to follow Jesus. If you want to know God, get to know Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the example that you lived on this earth. For about 33 years, you lived a life that we can look at and say, that's what my God is like. You lived a life of recognizing the outcasts, of meeting the needs of people around you, of doing amazing things in the name of God. Thank you for that representation that we can look to and say, that is my God. That to get to know our God, to get to know the Father, we just need to look at you. You're saying the same thing to us that you said to Philip. To know God, look at you. God, help us to remember to do that. Help us to remember to keep thinking about this stuff, paying attention. And and recognizing that when someone is not behaving like you, that it's not a representation of our God and we can forgive them and move on. Help us to remember to move, to follow after you. Daily make decisions that, uh, that you would make. Daily make decisions to pursue you. And God, help us to experience a life that's worth a representation of you. That people can look at our lives and be inspired by us to follow you. To make a decision that says, I see the life of that person and it's good. And there's something about it and I get it. And God looks like that. To help us to live a life that says God looks like that. As we're following you and you represent our Father. Help us to live a life that says that. If, if we want to know God, we just look to you, God. Help us to remember that tonight. I pray your blessing over our small group conversation, that, that people are growing closer together and getting to know you better. And I pray that not a single person walks out of this room without looking a little bit more like you, God. We thank you. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little more like Jesus.